Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I'm Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. And I'm Roger Sierra. And welcome to part two of this uh, top 20 most controversial video games of all time. Now, if you listen to part one, then you know we talked about some pretty fucked up video games, games that probably shouldn't have even been made. Oh, well, we just just cracked the tip of the iceberg because this list is going to get pretty fucked up soon. So that being said, which one of you gentlemen want to start off the night? Um, I'll start because I like the next game on the list a lot. Okay. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I wish they'd make the sequel already, but who knows? Uh, you ain't lying. it's it's Rockstar. You don't know when they're gonna make a sequel. I mean, they only do two franchises pretty much at this point, which is very sad. I mean, they're great franchises, but the next game on the list is Bully. Um, as we said before, Rockstar Games, um, Grand Theft Auto, uh, Manhunt, which has already been on the list a couple times. To- uh, both of them have been on the list. Um, Red Dead uh, Revolver and Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, they did the, what was it, Midnight Club games also, yeah, that's what it was. Yes. Um, which, I wish they'd bring those back, but. Yeah, those are so good, too. And uh, L.A. Noir, but they subsidized that to, what was the Australian team? Was it Bum- Visceral? No. It's, no. Uh, it's on. fine. It's fine. I'm, we're going off track. Let me read, you, while I read this, you can look up who it is. Yes. <laughs> so, Bethesda. Uh, no. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They wish they could make RPGs as good. Right. Shots, shots fire. Um, <laughs> so uh, Rockstar sure likes your controversy, don't they? Unlike games like Manhunt and Grand Theft Auto, which actually makes sense as controversial entertainment, the media storm around Rockstar's 2006 release, Bully, was blown way out of proportion and was based purely on the studio's reputation for making violent video games. Which is true, because I remember when this game came out, there was buzz about it, but it made no sense because all the trailers and everything were very, like, compared to the other stuff, was very subdued and kind of average tame tame yeah yeah well i mean obviously yeah tame comparably but i mean it's still an exaggerated version of boarding school and stuff so there was still some like hard stuff i guess but not like what you're usually seeing in rockstar trailers right exactly right um so a narrative emerged that bully was a game that glorified bullying and that it would make a harmful effect on impressionable youth Whereas an actual factory is a rather tame open world adventure, there's the word tame, um, focused on navigating social circles at a snooty prep school. Um, hardly the Columbine simulator that anti video game snake oil salesman and disbarred attorney Jack Thompson would have uh, had people believe. In spite of the negative press, Bully earned positive reviews from critics and attracted a dedicated fan base who continue to hold on hope for a sequel. There you go. I mean, it really is like it. I mean, it had it had the little instead of jobs, you would do uh, extracurriculars or you would study more. Or you would learn like um, subjects like you would that would be your skill set and stuff. Um, and you would take your test and how good you do just like improved your character. Um, it did seasons and instead of like just continuing on. So it actually did it, time did advance and stuff like it was really it's such a beautiful game. And I think it's very underrated for the most part. Oh, um, for sure. Like. If they released it, they did release it on. Didn't they do a re, like they did a remaster on PS4 and uh, X1? Didn't they? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was the uh, scholarship edition, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which which was all the DLC or anything, but that that, that game is like very, uh, like you do like you would even do semesters. It'd be like season for season, pretty much. So you would go on for like the beginning of the fall semester, uh, fall uh, classes. Then you go on to Halloween, which was actually a really cool missions. Um, 
then you had the Christmas or the wintertime one, and you had spring. And I mean, you start out as a quote unquote bully, and that's why you're going to this prep school, but then you become the school hero because you're protecting the other kids because you're getting massively bullied by like the douchebag teachers and the douchebag rich people that look down on you and everything like that. But no, it's really, really fun. Um, obviously, you get the girlfriends, like any Rockstar game, you get the romantic part. But for the fact that it was on the list for like it's on this list i get it there was controversy when it came out because yeah everybody thought it's about to be teaching how to bully and everything but so so like, the whole thing about it was they basically assumed the worst about this game because it was a rockstar game and they didn't even take the time to delve deep into it and what the game was about they just automatically just assumed oh it's named bully it's a it's a fucking uh and you know pro bullying game like well i mean the trailers showed you like bullying people here and there and people bullying you and i was like you know just getting like it was like uh revenge of the nerds s kind of thing like you know they bully you then you do some prank on them and then you like it showed you bullying somebody because i mean you do fight people in the game and you do like instead of executions you do like a super bully move or something like that so i mean and S, I mean, they got that part sort of right, but it was mainly because the name Rockstar was attached to it. Like, mm-hmm. I bet you it was like just Microsoft made this game. People were like, oh, okay, cool. Let's see what it's about. Yeah, right. but I mean, or like, if it was just like Sony, like, if it was just like any other uh, AAA um, like developer and stuff, people would be okay. If, like, it was EA game, you know, they'd be fucking blowing its horn all day. But yeah, uh, obviously, Rockstar, like, it's, this is like right after San Andreas 2. Um, and I think right before Red Dead Revolver, so I mean it was just right in the middle of like their high high and low points at the same time, I guess. I mean they were still being scrutinized for being oh super violent and everything like that. But I mean, nowadays rock stars, everybody lo- waits for the games. Like right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so Bully sold one and a half million copies, which is right. impressive back then because I mean, it was a it was a three sixty game. It was his own IP. It wasn't following on the tracks of it. Like, it wasn't Grand Theft Auto School Edition, or it wasn't something like they else, like Midnight Club, like anything like that. It didn't have the name. It was his own IP, and it was so good. And, like, the story, like, the overall stories is so good, too. Oh, yeah. And, but I bet if it did have, like, another, like, it was, like, Grand Theft Auto School Edition, like, something like that, it probably would have sold more because, you know, GTA name on it. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, I love... Like, this game is so, so astounding. It's one of those games that, like, I played multiple times all the way through. Yeah. Uh, now, it was banned in Brazil. Uh, in in April of 2008, a Brazilian judge prohibited the com- commerce and import of the game, and it was based on findings by the State Psychology Society, uh, which stated that the game would be potentially harmful to teenagers and adults. Uh, but as of June 23rd, 2016, it has officially been released in Brazil. Yeah. Um, whilst British laborer, uh, Keith Vaz argued that Bully be banned or reclassified as rated 18 in the UK before its publication, the game was released rated 15. Uh, Curry's and PC World, both owned by DSG International, which is uh, Dixon's retail? Yeah, uh, said that they did not wish to sell the game in the UK because it is not appropriate for Curry's family-friendly image. The statement lists what Curry's 
believes is the explicit link between violence and children as the reason behind the ban. Despite this decision, other high street retailers, including Game, uh, HMV, and Virgin Megastores, announced intentions to stock the game. Um, prior to both the ESRB's rating and the release of Bully, Jack Thompson filed a lawsuit attempting to have the game banned from store shelves in the state of Florida. He declared that the game is a nuisance and a Columbine simulator. Which uh, literally has that's so much nothing. BS because there's nothing like at, at all. There's nothing, nothing even yeah. a hint of. Yeah. And Rockstar yeah, but, purposely made sure nothing like that was in the game. But, exactly. you, but, you, but you know how a lot of the previous generation hates the fact that it's like, oh, you know, your video games are raising our children instead of the families, and this is a moral decision. Like, motherfucker, sit, sit down and play Pac-Man. You know, like, take your mind off of the bullshit you're trying to do. Like, I mean, you're trying to, you know, shit. Sometimes video games are the only education we got because, you know. Well, I mean, you I did. Mean, <laughs> it, it, with Bully, like, you had to go to class and and do stuff too like yeah. like schoolwork and stuff so yeah. it wasn't go ahead go ahead i was gonna say so it, i mean it, it wasn't all like the extracurricular stuff like you had to go to school you had to go to class you know you do your chemistry your math yeah. and, and all that as well it actually taught you stuff like there's yeah like there's actual literature question like the test actually legit it's a real test like you have to know it like there's yeah. actual things you have to know about the game, like about the subject. Like you don't just get to press A, B, C, or D and like yeah, 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 all right, all right, all right. No, if you fail the test, you fail that that like part of the game. You have to redo it. Yeah. Um. So so Jack Thompson declared, or uh, in in his petition, he he filed with the Eleventh Judicial Circuit Court. He asked for Walmart and Take Two Interactive, which is the parent company to Rockstar to furnish him with an advanced copy of Bully so he could have a quote-unquote independent third party play the game and determine if it would constitute a public nuisance in the state of Florida, in which case it then could be banned. So in response, Take-Two offered to bring in a copy and let both the judge and Jack Thompson view the game in the judge's chamber on October 12, 2006. On October 13th, Judge Ronald Friedman subsequently ruled in favor of shipping the game, noting that there was no content in the game that was not already on late-night television. Thompson responded to the ruling with a fiery speech directed at the judge, and when given a preview build, the mainstream American media took a generally positive view of the game. Press coverage described the game as a free-form, focusing on building a social network and learning new skills from classes with strictly enforced punishments for serious misbehavior. Yeah, like, it literally made school fun. Like, it was literally teaching how school how to be fun. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, like, really the most bad part was, like, quote-unquote the language, but, I mean, at that age, kids be saying it. Right? Shit, kids say it younger than that. What the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. So, like, I, I like that judge. Like, he was right. I mean, it doesn't, like, at that time, I mean, remember the time, like, at that time, Family Guy and Simpsons and South Dad, Park. South Park, they were all, like, the biggest things on TV. So, they were literally just making a product of the time 
but also making something different and refreshing while also making it like a kind of a teachable thing like he was teaching you stuff like it was yeah. educational at the same time like it's very great like i said it's a very underrated game like if people out there are listening and you haven't played it just you need to play it get a copy yeah. download it or whatever you need to do but play yeah. it exactly yeah. Or check out gameplay footage on YouTube or something. Nah, if, you can't get, nah. if you can't get your hands on it, you know, nah. you can literally download it. Yeah, like it, you will not understand how wonderful and fantastic this game is by watching people play it. Like you have to play it. You have yeah. to be immersed into it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you have a sick. You like it is just like any other game where you don't have a you know customizable character but you still make that character you in a way like you choose what you like what lessons you want to do like who you want like the extra stuff like that um like the romantic stuff like what classes you want to be more involved in everything like the little side mission stuff pretty much right so i mean you're still making in essence a you character but not because like it's already have a sort of set kind of linear thing but it's still I, I, it's like you know the usual rock star thing. You make your you have you have a character we make for you, but you still make the person. Right, right, all right. So that being said, let's move on to the next one. Chip, you want to take this one? I do. I love this game. Uh, so next up, uh, we're going to talk about Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Uh, this list has it inappropriately titled Call of Duty Two Modern Warfare. That's incorrect. Yes. Um, so as one of the most popular uh, FPS franchises ever made, it's inevitable that Call of Duty would generate some controversy. But nothing tops 2009's Modern Warfare 2 when it comes to the series' most shocking moment. Early on in Modern Warfare 2's campaign, there's a mission called No Russian, in which players control a terrorist who helps shoot up an airport. Technically, you play as an over- undercover CIA agent, but this distinction did not or did little to quell people's outrage. The mission was so shocking that the game even includes a disturbing content notice at the beginning of the campaign, warning players about the offensive content. Um, now, <clears throat> having played this, you actually don't have to shoot anybody in this mission. Like when you're right. going through the airport, you don't have to. You can just walk on through. Uh, however, you you can uh, shoot everybody that's in the airport if you want to. Right. Um, so it, it, it does go on to say that while the mission doesn't technically require players to even fire a shot, and it's actually something the game's designer put in to make people think about violence in gaming as a whole, there was a lot of fallout once No Russian became public knowledge. The game was altered in both Japan and Germany to trigger a mission failed screen if players shot any civilians and in Russia the mission was removed entirely. Uh, Now there are other controversies surrounding this game. Um, There there are allegations of homophobic content. Uh, So in October of 2009, Infinity Ward posted a video titled Fight Against Grenade Spam on YouTube. Uh, In the video, professional baseball player Cole Hamels delivers a public service announcement that advocates against the use of grenade spam. 
Hamels uses profanity in the video calling grenade spam for pussies and says, what the fuck, when he is blown up with grenades. Soon after the video was released, it was quickly discovered that the video's title forms the acronym F.A.G.S, which is a pejorative term against gay people. Philip Collier of Game Informer criticized that the title's acronym and the use of profanity and felt that Infinity Ward was condoning homophobic slurs. Freelance journalist Mitchell Dyer echoed Kohler's statement and commented that the video seems to enforce the assholery of homophobic slurs. <laughs> assholery? That's exactly There's what it says. Okay, yes. I've never heard that word before, so I'll learn something new today. Go ahead, continue. Yeah. Um, in response to the backlash, Infinity Ward community manager Robert Bowling remarked that while the video was intended to be a social commentary joke, he understood why people found it offensive and removed the video from YouTube. Further allegations of homophobic content arose when an Easter egg was discovered in the game's opening tutorial level. <sighs> if the player remains idle for a brief period of time, they are able to hear one soldier ask another soldier about his sexuality and then remark, don't ask, don't tell. This Easter egg references, references the United States policy, uh, don't ask, don't tell, which prevented openly gay people from serving in the United States Armed Forces. Jim Sterling of Destructoid felt that the Easter egg was too silly slash stupid for people to be angry at, while James Sherwood of The Register commented, that people were trying to generate controversy over unimportant dialogue. Lyle Masaki of Logos TV, uh, newnownext.com, deemed the Easter egg to be homophobic, but not representative of the game as a whole. That's just dumb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, that is people reaching for uh, anything. Yeah, <laughs> right. But uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was gonna say there's there's one other of uh, of note. Um, it's the incorrect laid language in the Karachi match or Karachi map. Uh, so one of the multiplayer maps in Modern Warfare Two was Karachi, which was based on the real life city of Karachi in Pakistan. The map contained numerous signs and banners in Arabic rather than Urdu which is the language spoken in Karachi. This garnered criticism from numerous video game journalists, including Brian Ashfall, Ashcraft from Kotaku and Jim Sterling from Destructoid. Though the journalists blamed Infinity Ward for being racially ignorant, there was no official response from the game developer or publisher, and the rap re the good lord, and the map remains in its original state to this day. I mean, I wouldn't respond either. Yeah, I was just reaching. It, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, so the thing about that mission, uh, the main, the original controversy for No Russian is that, you know, you're in this airport, you're shooting out civilians, uh, and uh, the terrorist leader tells you don't shoot any Russians. Uh, I mean, you want down people, you know, obviously just taking out civilians at the end. You get killed. Um, that's because they figured out you were an undercover CIA agent, and they wanted to make it look like the U.S. was doing a terrorist attack. So it was a whole plan to begin, anyways. Right. So yeah, 
it's i mean i get it like i understand that the people saw it as being like you know really disturbing and everything like that but for the essence of the story like they didn't even like they literally didn't even understand what just happened they just know oh we just shot a bunch of civilians in the airport like no it's uh, the whole plot was based on that mission and they didn't pay attention to that at all exactly they didn't. And and the thing about it is though, they, they did put the disturbing content notice in there. If people like what you said, like that like no, that, yeah, that part I'm, I'm ahead, saying uh, that that the no Russian mission did have a big to do with the storyline. So if you take the disturbing content notion and they're like, Okay, well we're gonna skip this mission like and then you start asking questions. Okay, like wait, okay, why why are they trying to kill Makarov? Like, why what's going on here? Yeah, why like, is the why is World War Three happening? Right, like what what's going on? What 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 exactly is this? Oh, maybe I shouldn't have skipped that mission. Okay, let me go back and do it. What the fuck? That's what you wanted to know. This is it. <laughs> yeah, like it, like they literally give you a skip. Like they say you could skip this mission. Yeah, like, yeah. So it was literally so like you played a mission. You get upset about it, but you don't even realize. One, I didn't have to do it, and two, hey, it's a plot point to convey a uh, reasoning for there to be a World War Three in this universe. Yeah, it's a crappy situation, but it's a terrorist attack, right? Exactly. And and like, also think about this too. Like, why is it? How is it any different than a than a fucking movie, in a sense? If it's, it's because you're controlling the character, is that is that why? Because you're making the decision as opposed to watching somebody else make the decision. Because this is a video game, and you got to blame video games for violence. Yeah. Exactly. That's stupid. But anyway, it is. I mean, like, it's stupid, but it's true. Like I, yeah. at one point, I understand. Like, yeah, like I mean, when it came out, I was in. Young. It might have been in my sophomore <laughs> year. Like I was in high school when it came out. Like I played it in high school a lot. I think I was either sophomore or junior year. Um, but even I, like when I played it, I was like. Like, uh, yeah, I was like, ah, oh, this is a little, a little hard, but I understand it. Like, I was like, they, they could have done this maybe a little bit differently. Like, maybe not actually have you doing it, like, just have you walking through and stuff happening. Right. But then I was like, you know what? No, because then you get to the point where, like, you're like, oh, wait, I was an undercover guy. Oh, wait, they killed me because I'm undercover, and they're planting, they're making it look like it was an American terrorist attack. Oh, it's yeah. called a story. Yeah. People don't but know no, how to peel back the layers. <laughs> I mean, it's still one of the greatest selling games of all time, too, so... Right. Shows what little that did. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Alright, so we're gonna go from Call of Duty to, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 to a game that should not have even been thought of, let alone created. This is called JFK Reloaded. Now, before I read this blurb, have either, have either of you heard of this game? Uh, I mean, I heard of it, but I've never seen or played it. Yeah. Okay, so this little doozy was released in 2004 uh, for the PC by Traffic Games and was marketed as the first mass participation forensic construction. That's what it's called. Okay, cool. In reality, it was simply a game that allowed you to carry out the horrendous assassination of John F. Kennedy and get and, and get scored based on how similar your approach was to the actual crime. It is extremely easy to see why so many people got upset about this game, as it lets you relive 
and recreate one of the worst days in American history. JFK Reloaded is simply a despicable game and should have never been even been created, let alone released. I mean, why why would you want to relive, like, or why would you want to like? Uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I want to assassinate a president today. Oh, okay, well, JFK Reloaded, like, you know, like, <laughs> like that might have been an okay game if it wasn't literally called JFK Reloaded, and it was yeah. literally JFK. Like, it could have been a false, like, just a made up president or just made up like something like assassination plot or something like that. And like, I mean, I guess the sniper elite and sniper warrior games are that pretty much now. Yeah. Cause I mean, those games are fun and you get to recreate I'd... and you do hard simulations and stuff like that. And like those games are fine. Yeah, dude. I yeah. love sniper elite. The, the I series. Too. I did too. Uh, so, so, so many of them, like it's all, oh, they're so fun. Oh, so good. Yeah. I, I played silent scope. Does that count? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, <laughs> So if you love like stealthy video games or just like, sniping in general. Yeah. <clears throat> like that's it, those are probably some of the best like sniping games there is, but like you also there's so much more to it. Like you, you have to scout out your your terrain, you know, and with the missions you have to do you scout your terrain, plot a path, um, get into a position to an- assassinate certain targets with your sniper, or you can sneak up and like gut them from the behind and stuff like that. Like so good. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of thought behind it. Like uh, you're, yeah, like, you literally are a solo sniper. Well, no, they. Well, in the first one, you are solo, and I do you know, think the sequels, you actually can do co-op, right? You you can, yeah, yeah, okay. They're so fun, but uh, can like, we? Literally. But can okay? No, but can we? Can we all admit that still the JFK Reloaded is a fucked up concept for a video game? Well, it's just trying to be a shock value kind of thing. But like I said, it's uh, like it would have been any other, like just like made up thing, like Sniper. I mean, Sniper Elite does one of them. Is it Sniper Elite or Sniper Warrior that does uh, World War Two? Sniper Elite. Sniper Elite. Yeah. yeah, I get them confused. I know, like. They're literally one way away from each other. So exactly, <laughs> and I played both of them, and they're still so fun. But Sniper Elite, I think, is slightly better because it has more—I want to say more realistic, but not really realistic. It has more—it's more physics based. Yes, like you actually have to take in more account for the wind trajectory and distance, but they also do cool X-ray mode stuff. Yes, the bullet time X-ray. Uh... But anyway, back to JFK Reloaded. So the uh, the Scotland-based uh, Traffic Games, which were the developer of the the game, it, they insisted that their intention was to bring history to life and help prove the Warren Commission's findings. Um, so if you don't know what the Warren Commissions are, um, that's essentially the documents that proved the uh assassination of jfk right and there's still a lot of controversy that surrounds jfk like you know there, was it gonna a, be forever was it was it lee harvey oswald was it somebody on the grassy knoll like was there two were, were there two like yeah there's just so many different what happened to the babushka lady yeah, yeah. the 
Yeah. Or the baklava. Was it baklava? Yeah, bodushka. Not baklava was a dessert. Yeah. Uh, so, so in this game, you actually play as Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, and so it says you're able to submit scores rating how close their version of events were to the Warren Commission's version of the events for a competition that ended on February 22nd, 2005. The competition promised winnings up to a hundred thousand dollars, but the final prize was only $10,712. The competition was won by a then 16 year old French, uh, male from Paris who went by the handle of major underscore Koenig. Uh, he posted a score one day before the competition closed. And after the competition, afterwards, the competition option was disabled and the cost of the simulator was reduced to $4.99. It was later offered for free for, for a free download before the official website closed in 2005. Uh, and so it only lasted a year. Wow. Right. Uh, so the game starts just before JFK's limousine comes into view about 28 seconds before the first shot was fired. According to the Warren commission, the player aims and fires with the mouse and is free to fire immediately. But points are only given for the first three shots. All others subtract points. Ammunition is limited to 39 rounds. Oswald's rifle only contained four live rounds. Three were fired, and the fourth was in the chamber ready to fire. Three empty brass cartridges were found near the sixth floor window of the Texas School Book Depository. The game ends when the limo disappears into the tunnel, or a certain amount of time has passed from the beginning of the game. The player Wait, can on. the player so, can also end the simulation at any time by pressing the space bar. So, he shot three. He actually shot three times in real life. Uh, yes. What, what that, that's, third? that's according what? to the the Warren Commission. Yeah, my thing is, what have, where did the third bullet go? Because we know two hit him. Yeah, I don't know where the third bullet went. I I never knew there was a third one. I always knew about the two, and that's why people always thought there was two shooters. Right. Yeah. Because that's too rapid of a succession of a shot, or the kind of rifle he had, and everything like that. But exactly, uh, that's even new information for me. Look, I learned something new today. All right. So let's move on from that yeah, disaster me... of a game to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I actually, I just, I just looked it up. So it says the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations agreed with the Warren Commission that Oswald's three rifle shots caused the injuries that Kennedy and Conley sustained. Hmm. Uh, but that's literally, I, I've watched a lot of documentaries and everything, and I don't ever remember hearing about three shots. Well, I guess it was two to him and one to Conley, I guess. I guess so. But I I never heard about the third one. Oh yeah, I guess that's what it was. Um, but the next game on the list, um, New York Defender. Like most of the titles on this list, New York Defender was created for no other reason than 
shock value. However, it goes much deeper with this game. <sighs> like, this is just stupid. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just another one of those games. Like, why? Um, right. The game focuses on the horrific tragedies of September 11th, 2001. And puts the player in control of people who try and stop an endless stream of planes from hitting the World Trade Center. An endless stream. Why? Not, not just one or two, but an endless stream. Um, while we guess it's good that the game focuses on defending New York rather than destroying it, uh, New York Defender is nothing more than insensitive time waster. I mean, dozens of people lost their lives on 9-11. It's a national tragedy. Um, literally makes no sense to even be made to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I did try to look it up to find some more information. Like, there's not... Probably nothing. <laughs> no. Probably not, no. There's not a... Um, a Wikipedia page for it. Uh, and I don't think, let's see, New York. <sighs> yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's really nothing on it at all. Except from, I found one website that has something about it, and the website itself is ignorantly named albinoblacksheep.com. Yeah. Albino black sheep. Albino black sheep. <laughs> we both literally thought the same thing. Yeah. What? The fuck? Oh, God in heaven. So yeah, so back to the game. Um, There's nothing to talk about. It's a fu- it's a fucked up concept for a game, and what's even yeah. more fucked up is if you go to albinoblacksheep.com, you can literally play the game. It's still mm-hmm. available. I it's free. It's a flash game, and <sighs> I I literally just played it for five seconds. What did you like? What do you do? Do you just like literally uh, shoot planes down? Yes. Oh original so they're not even it's not even that creative of a game no not at all it's it, there's that you can see the towers and kind of the new york skyline uh and there's there's planes literally flying at the towers and you have crosshairs you just aim at the planes and shoot them down before they hit the towers it's that basic and that stupid I, like I said, I played it for five seconds and I'm over it. I don't even want to ever look at it again. Right. So stupid. Like, it was literally one of the most, if not the most, horrific thing that happened to our country over the, you know, hell, this, what, what, what are we in? The, in all, yeah, uh, next month, is, it's going to be 20 years since that tragedy happened you know literally 20 years like literally 20 years exactly like oh like i mean i mean we, we've told the stories before i mean i was in high school when it happened um you know in my second block class and at that point we had just heard oh plane flew into the building we were like okay maybe it was pilot error you know something went wrong with the plane or something you know well the last thing on any of our minds was you know fucking terrorist attack you know, um, and uh, 
buddy of mine came into the classroom and he was like, Hey man, are y'all watching this shit? Like what? And they're like, turn on the TV. I'm like, all right, what channel? He's like, motherfucker, any channel. And then I was like, all right, well, we clicked the TV on. It was one of them old box TVs that had to fade into the picture. You know what I'm talking about? No. The old school box TVs? No, I didn't have one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot you were young. You were a young book. Roger oh, grew up in flat screen era. Right. No, I mean, I still had an old CRT, but it wasn't like yeah, that. That's, that's what it was. It was, it was you, you hit the button, you had to wait a minute before the picture fade, it, it faded into, into the picture. Oh, you're just talking about the tube warming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, when we got it, when we finally got a clear picture, that's when we saw the second plane go into the tower. And we were all like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this like a movie? Is it like a trailer of special effects? And I was like, no, nah, man, this shit's live. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. You know? whole lot of crazy shit was going on was you because i'll ask you right were, were you all were you in because you did you did you, did you did grow up in new york correct for some years yeah yeah i wasn't there for that okay i was i was wasn't gonna just straight up ask you was you in new york around 9 11 i didn't want i wouldn't you think of you know being insensitive or anything i mean um, it's not really an insensitive question well i mean <laughs> Some people, some people have feelings about it. That's why I didn't want to just jump I mean, straight into it. Like I said, I was nine. I at that time I did not really know. He didn't understand the ramifications of yeah, what was happening. I just knew okay. some douchebags threw a plane into a building. That's about yeah. as much as I knew. Hmm. All right, so we go from this horrible video game to another one that i think we all enjoy i think we all like um uh, but it does have yeah. its its share of controversy chip you want to get this one uh, yeah another video game that i like uh we're going to talk about mortal Kombat. um so violence in video games was wasn't anything new when midday midway i cannot friggin talk today <laughs> uh put the rum down <laughs> but it's so good. Uh, <laughs> violence in video games wasn't anything new when Midway released the original Mortal Kombat in 1992, but this addictive arcade fighting game became a scapegoat among parents and public officials who decreed its graphically violent content as corrupting children and society alike. Unlike more family-friendly fighters such as Street Fighter, uh, okay, uh, Mortal Kombat didn't shy away from violence and gore, but rather embraced it as a key hallmark of the series. One of the game's signature features was gory finishing moves called fatalities, such as Sub-Zero's now iconic spine rip move. Thanks to its over-the-top violence and engaging five-button control system, Mortal Kombat and its sequels would go on to become some of the most popular arcade games ever released. But it wouldn't take long for politicians to take notice. And in 1993, Senators Joe Lieberman and Herb Cole spearheaded hearings over concern of violence in games such as Night Trap, Lethal Enforcers, and Mortal Kombat, calling on the entertainment software industry to create a rating system or risk intervention from the federal government. And that's how the Entertainment Software Rating Board or ESRB came to be. Interesting. 
Yes. Um, yeah. So Mortal you know Kombat that? was the reason behind the ESRB. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I, didn't, I thought you guys knew that. Oh, yeah, I thought you knew that. Nah, I didn't know. I, I, I mean, I thought it was... Well, just like I, in, I, NWA was... Uh, parental advisory. Parental for, advisory, yeah. Yeah. Was it NWA? Yeah. I thought it was... Um, uh, wasn't two life? I thought it was two life crew. It may have been two life crew. Mm. I thought it was two life. I thought it was. I thought it was NWA. Let me look it up because it was Tipper Gore that went after him. It may have been uh, two life crew. Oh, uh, I spelled origin wrong. Uh, <laughs> See when it started. Let me see. Probably was started by a political group in nineteen eighty. Well, the parental advisory label was started by a group. That group was that. Uh, yeah, in, in 85, Tipper Gore co-founded the Parents Music Resource Center, which advocated for labeling record covers of releases featuring profane language, especially in heavy metal, punk, and hip-hop genres uh, throughout her decades of public life uh let's see what it was prince it was actually prince with darling nikki yeah that's okay wow yeah no right that song that song like okay What year? What year was that? What year was Darling Nikki out? 84, 85? 84, 85, something like that. But are you sure it was later than that? Eighty-eight. Uh, nope. It was oh, 84. it was eighty-four. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was originally released on Prince's sixth studio album, Purple Rain, in nineteen eighty-four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, she literally went after because she heard her eleven-year-old daughter playing the song. And it references things like masturbation and sex. Yep. Uh, the well, the original Karen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> pretty much. So, um, back to, good lord, uh, what? What? I, I just I can't believe it's that song that I that have, started. It. <laughs> I, I I mean I was. I was dead set that it was NWA's Fuck the Police. I would have thought it'd been something from like Slayer or something. I mean, but that's not even bad. Yeah, which is funny because the year before, in 80, not the year before, I think the month before, Madonna Like a Virgin came out, but that wasn't yeah. the one. I think Like a Prayer was more controversial than like a virgin was because of the religious iconography in it 
Yeah, but I mean, like a virgin straight out, just telling you what it's about. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so some critics have alleged that Mortal Com- the Mortal Kombat series influenced particular cases of real life lethal violence, other than the Columbine massacre. Um. So, in 1999, Brasilia or Brazil banned Mortal Kombat, Postal, Carmageddon, and four first-person shooter games for allegedly inspiring 24-year-old medical student Mateus DeCosto uh, Miera's deadly shooting rampage at the Morubi Shopping Center mm-hmm. in Sao Paulo, which was primarily blamed on Duke Nukem 3D. Wow. Did not wow. know that. Uh, in 2007, 20-year-old Patrick Morris used a shotgun to kill 15-year-old Diego Aguilar in Klamath Falls, Oregon, in what prosecutors alleged was a drug deal-related killing. However, Morris's defense attorney alleged that violent video games such as Mortal Kombat may have blurred Morris's ability to distinguish reality and the consequences of his reactions. So now, they're trying to do like a temporary insanity kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. They, right, except for bl- Mortal Kombat did not use guns at all. I could understand... Well, Striker, Jax and Sonya Blade do. No, well, but, but not, okay. the original Mortal Kombat didn't have Yeah, Striker but this was in, in 2007, so... Yeah. Oh. I was like, this wasn't back in 92. Yeah. Uh, so in 2008, in the so-called Mortal Kombat murder case, 17-year-old Lamar Roberts and 16-year-old Heather Tru- Trulio were accused of fatally be- beating Trulio's seven-year-old half-sister, Zoe Garcia. The, the pair fuck? told it. Yes. The pair told investigators they were acting out moves from a Mortal Kombat game. At a preliminary hearing, prosecutor Robert Miller stated that Zoe Garcia was the object of abuse for both Heather Trulio and Lamar Roberts, and they caused these injuries with Mortal Kombat uh, type moves. Roberts and Trulio were convicted of murder, and the victim's parents said that they were convinced that the Mortal Kombat story was fabricated by the killers. Um, in in the aftermath of the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting, Wayne LaPierre, executive vice president of the National Rifle Association, named four violent video games, including Mortal Kombat, as contributors to the increased incidence of killing sprees in the United States. Many commentators regarded LaPierre's choice of Mortal Kombat as an odd an outdated pop culture reference. And then again in 2015, CNN's Ashley Banfield described the Charleston church shooting as Mortal Kombat murders. So as parents just begin shitty parents finding a cop out for their kids doing something shitty. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Fuck fuck parental responsibility. Like seriously? You know, again, you need the scapegoat, and you don't want to admit, oh, man, we fucked up as a parent. Nah, you got to blame other people for putting an influence. I mean, not to say that kids don't get influenced by other things, and yeah, there are going to be some things that they get influenced by, and you just hope and pray that it works out for the best. But, yeah, I mean, 
you, did, did you not ever sit your kid down and be like, hey, you know, this this is this is a video game. This isn't real. You know, you can't really put your hand in someone's back and rip their spine out. And, you know, you can't really, you know, you know, it's 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 it, it's, it, it, it infuriates me because it's like you don't have you don't have the time to sit down and explain to your kids. And I get that people will say, well, you know, it, it could be they got bullied or they, you know, they had mental illness and, and things of that nature. And, you know, they had no other way to turn. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what they that's what they said about the two kids that shot up Columbine, you know, it could and, just be sh- shitty kids because of shitty parenting. Right. So, so what now? It's a, the, the reason can never be shitty kids because of shitty parenting. It always has to be a reason besides just them not having good parenting. Right. You know, it's either the music did made us do it or the video games made us do it. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. I listen. I've played some, even as a kid, man, I played some insane video games, man, where I would, you know, I, you know, use ripe, use guns and stuff like that. I've, you know, played, you know, Grand Theft Auto 3 and, you know, all them different ones. And and the music I listen to, I listen to some of the most insane shit in terms of heavy metal music that people can listen to. And I haven't thought not one time to ever, you know, violently murder somebody, you know, in that context. You I, know? I, so, I don't think that the music you listen to could contribute to anybody saying that the music made me do it because you can't understand what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> Growls are understandable. You just don't speak growl, and that's on you. <laughs> Rawr. Anyway, yeah, all right. Clearly, so, I don't. Sorry. So, let, let, thank, thanks for trying to you know help out, Raj. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna go from Mortal Kombat to a game that I've never heard of, and I don't know if you guys have heard of this either. Uh, I, have, I used to have it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Custard's Revenge. I've never Chip, have you heard of this game? Yeah. I've never heard of it. So alright, so let me read it this. It came out in your day. It came out what? It came out in your day. Nineteen eighty two? Yeah. That ain't my day. <laughs> alright, let me read this. Custard's Revenge came out all the way back in nineteen eighty two for the Atari twenty six hundred. Which makes it despicable. Which makes this despicable content even more unbelievable. Okay, the fact that this game is still able to offend people in 2015, really 2021, dated graphics and all makes it hard to believe that it was ever on store shelves in the first place. The game puts players in control of General Custer, already one of the most controversial figures in American history as he makes his way from one side of the screen to the other in an effort to reach a a naked Native American woman. In this game, Custer is nothing more than a bunch of pixels with a hard-on attempting to rape a woman. The fuck? I don't think that's actually what it was. Offensive on multiple levels, it's no wonder Custer's Revenge uh, remains a blight on the gaming's on the games industry over 30 years after its first release. The amount of shock value this game must have had in the early 80s would have been staggering. Okay, so so okay, so you basically have to go to the other side to. I mean, you got to remember this is 
on Atari 2600, there's literally one thing, and all you can do is walk across the screen. And yeah, now that I'm actually looking at the screenshots, that actually is what it was. Wow. Like, yeah, with the hard on, oh, like let, even the cover. I, hold on, man. I got a. Okay, hold so, on. So, Custer's, Custer's Revenge. Revenge. Hold on, let me look. Yeah, let me, but, let me, but the thing is ahead. that it, it's an adult video game. It yeah, really says so, adult video game on it. Yeah, it, it, so it quickly gained notoriety upon its release. It was sold in a sealed, pa- sealed package labeled not for sale to minors, and it sold for $49.95. That's absolutely insane to think an Atari game was $50. Um, Were Atari games expensive, though? I mean, so in uh, 2020, that would have been $134 for the game. So, uh, wow. So, uh, Call of Duty exclusive package pre-order? Pretty much. Um, so it acknowledged that children might nonetheless see the game. The game's literature stated, if the kids catch you and should ask, tell them Custer and the Maiden are just dancing. The makers elected to preview the game for women and Native American groups, an act that many thought was a publicity stunt. Women's right groups criticized the game, stating that it was a simulation of rape. The back of the packaging states, she's not about to take it lying down. By George, help is on the way. By God, he's coming. (laughs) The fuck, bro? Mm. What the fuck, bro? Other groups, such as Women Against Pornography, Native American spokespersons, and critics of the adult video game industry in general protested about the content of the game. Activists tried pressuring legislators to outlaw the game, which Oklahoma City, home to a large Native American population, did. Multiple industries pursued an $11 million lawsuit against Suffolk County, New York, and legislator Philip Nolan because of a resolution authorizing the county executive to take action to halt sales and distribution of the game. Nevertheless, the focused media attention generated publicity for the game and caused it to sell approximately 80,000 copies, twice as many copies as Mystique's other adult-only game, Bachelor Party and Beat'em and Eat'em. Uh, Wait, what? What? What was the last one? Beat them and eat them. I wonder what that's about. Uh, I'll look that up here in just a second. Um, Atari received numerous complaints about the game, however, and responded by trying to sue the game's maker, Stuart Keston, president of American Multiple Industries, also known as Mystique, stated, our object is to not arouse or object uh, it's not to arouse. Our object is to entertain. When people play our games, we want them smiling. We want them laughing. The game's designer, Joel Miller, said Custer was seducing the maiden and that she was a willing participant. And by April of 1983, the game was withdrawn from circulation. Uh, so now, beat em and eat them. <laughs> which was also produced by Mystique in 1982, is actually a pornographic video game. Uh, it was distributed by handheld multiple industries until uh, distribution changed to Game Source. 
Players control two nude women. The goal is to catch semen in their mouths, which is falling from a masturbating man on a roof without missing. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, okay. What the fuck? <laughs> its, its gameplay was compared to the Atari game Kaboom. Uh, there is a also a gender-reversed version of the game titled Philly Flasher that features... That's a Philly Flasher. <laughs> it features identical gameplay. Um, and so Beat'em and Eat'em has received negative reviews since its release and is often cited example of portograph or and it's i'm sorry uh beat em and eat em <laughs> has received negative reviews since its release and is often cited as an example of pornographic atari 2600 games uh wow I, I don't even know. I don't even. I don't even know what to say. I'm still laughing at beat of it. Beat it. Beat it. Yeah. So, uh, the gameplay. The, the, this runs down the gameplay. Uh, uh <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, hold on. You guys are about to laugh. So, players control two nude women on the street who must catch semen in their mouths that comes from a masturbating man on a rooftop without missing. This can be accomplished merely by semen touching the woman's bodies before it hits the ground. A more difficult setting requires players to catch the semen before it goes past the woman's shoulders. If the player successfully catches all the semen in one round, the two women lick their lips and the game progresses to the next round. If any <laughs> semen <laughs> if any semen hits the ground, the first turn is over. Players are allowed to miss four times before the game is over, and they can gain a turn or extra life every 69 points scored. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Players, players move both women using the control paddle, and the game allows each player to control one woman. The game plays similar to the Atari game Kaboom. So... Uh, I mentioned earlier there was a gender reversed version called Philly, Philly Flasher. Philly Flasher. Yeah. So in Philly Flasher, you actually control two male prisoners with their genitals exposed, catching lactation from an old witch's titty instead of. <laughs> <laughs> Literally not what I expected to say. told you you was gonna laugh i told you you might be done, might be done. Oh. oh i think it's done <laughs> <coughs> the fuck man? oh no it gets better so oh please please elaborate instead of licking their lips the two men will then masturbate if the player successfully catches every drop of lactation. <laughs> and, and now now remember, <laughs> these games came out in 81 and 82. And they say the shit we play now is bad. Yeah. The difference is they didn't have good 
graphics. Uh, graphics back then. <laughs> so it just looked like shit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was all like eight picks, uh, eight bit pixels and stuff. So yeah. Right. That's funny. It's fucking crazy, dude. Wow. Beat them and eat them. Beat them and eat them. Okay. Um. Raj, you ready for the get on this? Uh, sure. I don't know how we're going to top that. I, I, I don't know how we can. That that should have been number one. The one. <laughs> I mean, we got four more, and I think the next three that we're going to talk about are pretty fucked up. So go ahead. So the next one is Postal Two. Uh, it's, it's a first-person shooter released in 2003, and one is and it is one of the gorgeous that you'll find. Uh, this is a game where almost this is a game where almost unthinkable acts of violence and racism appears on a near constant basis in a number of different ways. Um, it sees as of the ooh, I can't talk either now. Thanks, Chip. <laughs> it seems as if the main goal of the game was to offend its players, and it does a good job of that with things such as being able to put guns up cast anuses and then use them as silencers. Yeah. What? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You heard that. Yeah. The you fuck, know, man? You know, like in the movie they do, Potato or Pillow, yeah, they use cat anuses here. Um, oh, my God. That's like some Sunset Overdrive shit. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. While you could rate Postal 2 as a success based on its ability to offend, the game was most definitely not a success with critics or in terms of sales. Somehow they didn't stop developer running with scissors from releasing a third game, which of course was also awful in its controversy and public reception. I mean, it's so, they were trying to be so edgy and be the next rock star and be, you know, like this is like, this is a sad attempt at trying to be, I guess, like Saints Row-esque, I guess. Yes. Because I mean, Saints Row is Saints Row is a spoof of GTA. We all know that. Oh, and yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. a good game. Oh, I love Saints Row. Um, and they got more like they knew like the first two they try to be serious, but when that third one hit, they're like, you know what? We're not GTA, but we can make fun of GTA, and they did. Exactly. And it was hilariously funny, and it's right. really like it's really fun, and like just so much. Like, but Postal's is like, oh, let's go all the way at the deep end and just do all the worst parts and all will be the worst parts and we'll be the new one and everybody will think we're the cool guys like no running with scissors is stupid yeah so not only did they make this game but they made expansions to the game oh yo uh, mio yeah uh so they had an expansion called share the pain apocalypse weekend Corkscrew Rules and Paradise Lost. Um, but so uh, in 2004, the Office of Film and Literature Classification banned Postal 2 in New Zealand, citing high levels of violent content and animal violence. Distribution or purchase for personal use is a criminal offense punishable by 10 years in prison and a $50,000 fine. Uh, what? Good. Yes. 
Wow, it's crazy. Uh, In Australia, the game was not rated at all by the Australian Classification Board, but its multiplayer expansion, Share the Pain, was refused classification by the board in October of 2005. Despite this, Share the Pain, along with the base game, is available for purchase on the Australian version of Steam. In Sweden, the Chancellor of Justice took the Swedish distributor of the game to court. Um, He was prosecuted with illegal depiction of violence, a crime falling under the Swedish Freedom of Speech Act. The court dismissed the case in December of 2006, and the game was removed from the German version of Steam, likely due to its content. Um, Regarding his views on the subject, Linux and Macintosh developer Ryan C. Gordon, who ported the game to those platforms, stated that he feels that the game holds a mirror to the worst aspects of modern society, saying in an interview that the game is a brilliant character of our mangled, disconnected fast food society disguised as a collection of dirty d- jokes and ultraviolence, unquote. Sounds like a joke to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael Sims, founder of Linux Game Publishing, also at one point commented on the matter, stating that, quote, although I wasn't a fan of the gameplay in Postal 2, I loved the message that the company was trying to put out because you can play Postal 2 in the most violent and graphic way, but you can also play it without hurting a single person. I don't know anyone who has played it like that, but I like that the people who made Postal are saying you can get through this game without any violence, end quote. That's not true at all. The whole point of it is that you're doing mass murder. Like That's right. the gameplay. That's literally what the objective of the game is. How can you get yeah. through it without completing the objective? Like this game was pretty much the original hatred. You know, uh, did hatred come out? No, hatred came out around. The hatred came out way later. Hatred came out uh, to two thousand and hatred I don't know fifteen. Uh, I think so it's two thousand fifteen. Yeah. While you're looking that up, yeah. while you're looking at that up, I got one last blurb to read. Uh, in January of two thousand eight, three nineteen-year-olds were arrested following a three-week-long arson and theft spree in Gaston County, North Carolina. Their games, or their crimes, were apparently inspired by actions that could be carried out in Postal 2. Yeah. Uh, They could also be carried out by arsonist that's true um inspired by other arsonists mm-hmm. so uh metacritic gave this a 50 out of 100 score Eurogamer <laughs> gave it three out of 10 game informer gave it a seven and a half out of 10 that's pretty high yeah but yeah who cares about uh, informer? right GameSpot gave it gave it four point eight out of ten. IGN, which we know they always get it wrong, gave right. it five and a half out of ten. And PC Gamer US gave it seventy nine out of a hundred. Really, PC like gosh. 
yeah. Well, I guess in 2005, there was nothing else going on in the world in PC games. Wasn't there a movie that was a, a film adaptation of this I called think Postal? To, I think they were trying to make it. I think no, so. No, they did. It was, two, it, was, it was in 2007. It was an American-German action film co-written and directed by... Uh, Yui Boyle, or uh, say sorry, back Dave Boyle. Foley. Yeah, he's dude's a douchebag. Yeah, Yui Boyle. So uh, here's an interesting quote from GameSpot. So GameSpot criticized the game's loading times, graphics, and gameplay, and the gore was called surprisingly subdued in comparison to contemporary games like Soldier of Fortune 2: Double Helix. I don't know that the gore was subdued, but okay. Um, in a middling review for IGN, author Ivan Sulik disliked the game's crude and childish humor and dismissed the setting of Paradise as bland. Eurogamer similarly attacked the game for being immature. Ivan Dees from IGN says that Postal Dude has a, quote, sick mind, end quote when referring to the source of some of the errands he has to complete. McDonald and Rocha from Canada.com described Postal Dude as a man who whose raison d'etre was to eliminate anyone, man, woman, or child, with a dizzying arsenal of weapons. But at the same time, as a misunderstood and ostracized man, who takes his revenge on the world with a killing spree. I mean, I mean, it's just trash. Just like, I mean, the movie is about a dude that loses his job and joins his uncle who's a cult leader and protecting the compound and going on a killing spree. And then the game is just about a dude just being, having a bad day. Right. Oh, So much yeah. trash. <laughs> so much trash. And you and Boyle was also a trash director. Yeah. All his movies suck ass. And scenes from the game were actually featured in the music video for uh, Black Eyed Peas song, Where's the Love? The who? Black Eyed Peas? The what now? Are you Sing- being an asshole on purpose, or are you just... <laughs> I mean, it's Black Eyed Peas. Are they really relevant in anything? I mean, back in 2003, I guess you could say they were. Yeah, I guess they were doing hump my humps, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I'm just giving you the information. Don't look at me like I recommend it. Shit. <laughs> How do you say listen to the Black Eyed Peas? Ain't what I said. <laughs> uh, so who who's up next? Uh, is that me? Or... Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Good lord. This this game sounds terrible. I don't remember this game at all. So, um, <laughs> next up on the list is V Tech Rampage. Oh um, gosh, I just realized what that meant. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, 
So this is a horrific game that was released only a few weeks after the awful Virginia Tech shootings in which a gunman shot and killed 32 people in one of the biggest mass murders in American history. A flash game that puts you in the role of the shooter and allows you to kill a bunch of pixelated students. VTech Rampage is simply a classic case of one terrible person trying to make a book and a name for himself on the back of a horrific tragedy. Unsurprisingly, the game's creator, Australia native Ryan Lamborn, would go on to make an even worse massacre simulator based on the Sandy Hook tragedy. Talk about a class act right there. Yeah, fuck this guy. He's a giant dumpster fire. Yeah, fuck this guy. Uh, Yeah. So, um, it says, The game is a one-person work released three weeks after the Virginia Tech massacre. Its graphics and control are both intentionally and amusingly clumsy. The player controls Shang Hu Chow, the killer, through three levels of stealth and murder. In a slanted overhead view, the first level, the player must walk across Virginia Tech campus to shoot Emily J. Hilshire, Cho's real-life first victim, without killing too many other people or scaring Emily away. Emily's death is witnessed by Ryan Clark, Cho's second real-life victim, who you then also must kill. In the second, he must walk across the same campus while avoiding the searchlights of police investigators. This is the only section with uh, a preachable... This is the only section with a preachable challenge. In the third, he barricades the exit of a school building and must shoot everyone inside in 90 seconds before the police arrive to arrest him. During this level, a song created by Lamborn plays while audio clips praise or laugh at murder or scold the player for merely wounding. Um, Livu Labresca is the only real-life victim to appear in this segment. The game finishes with Cho's suicide, which occurs when the player presses the shoot button. Cho's monologue about mission goals... Uh... Yeah, Cho monologues about mission goals and can also speak to other characters whose reactions differ depending on whether they're fleeing Cho or not. The game's dialogue has occasional grammar or spelling errors and is riddled with obscenities, insults, racist terms, uh, scatological references, and offers of sex from female characters in exchange for their lives. That's one of the most fucked up things I've ever heard. Oh, no. Okay, so here we go. It's going to get more fucked up for you. Oh, God. Because the creator offered to remove the game if he received $2,000 in donations. And for an additional $1,000, he offered to apologize. (laughs) What kind of... That takes a... A big set of balls for you to say, yeah, you know, if you're offended, pay me and I'll apologize. Fuck you. Like, no. Yeah. The 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 ble- the blurb reads 
and this is what he put up on the website that hosted the game called Newgrounds. It says, I love Newgrounds. Attention, angry people. I will take this game down from Newgrounds if the donation amount reaches 1,000 US. I'll take it down from here, uh, which is his website, if it reaches 2,000 US. And I will apologize if it reaches 3,000 US. Lamborn later retracted the offer to remove the game, stating, The donation thing is there as a joke against all the people commanding me to take my game down. I didn't think anyone would donate money to it, and so far my PayPal account has proven me right. Uh, and in 2013, a, an RIAA edition was created with the original tracks removed due to copyright infringement with the RIAA. This has replaced the original version on Newgrounds. The original edition was recent was until recently available on Lamborn's site. However, it has since been removed due to the future threats from the RIAA. Now the RIAA edition is the only available one on his site with the title music Hey 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 Fuck the RIAA on a looped track. However, the unedited version can still be found. And there is an MP3 of the music in question that you can also get. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, it says that the game was compared to Super Columbine Massacre RPG. Uh, yeah, I've heard guys... of that one, yeah. I've yeah. heard of that one, yeah. Uh, due to the recreation of a mass murder in which the player controls the killer through a video game. How, how, is that, no, how is that one not on the list? I don't know. I don't know. Also, how is the Sandy Hook one not on the list? That was kids. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I don't... Did it... Yeah, it, it doesn't say what the name of the Sandy Hook one is. Uh, and on the Wikipedia page... Uh, I can't find it either. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's called The Slayings of Sandy Hook Elementary. Oh, classy man. Yeah. It, but it says that unlike the VTech Rampage game, The Slaying of Sandy Hook Elementary was created to support gun control laws. Like, fuck this dude. Fuck this dude. I, Fuck I, this dude. Uh, next game up, because I'm, I'm over this shit already. Yeah. Oh, I don't think it's going to get any better. Yeah, it is. Uh, eth ethnic Cleansing is the next game we're going to be talking about. Now, Ethnic Cleansing is a first-person shooter game released in 2002 by white nationalist organization National Alliance. In the game which takes place during a race war, the player controls either a neo-Nazi or a Ku Klux Klan member who is given the job of killing various stereotypical minority characters with the final boss being former Israeli Prime Minister Ariel Sharon. Yes. As you can imagine, this game was hugely controversial and was critically and was criticized greatly for its racist and just awful general content. 
So you're telling me a game made by the ignorant clan is a terrible game. No, why would we say that? Oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, okay. White power, guys. White power. Yeah. Well, fuck white power. And I'm saying it as a white guy. <laughs> 100%. Uh, so, so there was actually a sequel to this game made? No, no. Please tell me. No, for real. There was a sequel to this bullshit. Yeah, ah. it's, it's called White Law. <laughs> and it starred in... Oh, my Irish. God. White Claw? White Law. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it starred an Irish-American police officer taking up arms to protect his territory from racial minorities. The game was based on the events of Pierce's novel, The Turner Diaries. The National Alliance intended to create an entire line of racist games, but no more have surfaced. Yeah, because they realized, oh wait, games are expensive to make. If we're not making money off of them, we can't make more of them. Yeah, and, and for those of you who never heard of the Turner Diaries, it's a novel from the nineteen from nineteen seventy four by William Luther Pierce. Um, the synopsis is simply the protagonist, uh, Earl Earl Turner, takes part in this apocalyptic overthrow of the United States federal government, uh, referred to as the system throughout the novel. Turner and, and fellow insurgents rage a race, a race war which begins in North America but then spreads throughout the rest of the world. <laughs> did, they, did they realize there's like a lot more quote unquote minorities than there's white people in the world? Uh, apparently they don't. There's like literally two countries called India and China that literally outnumber white people. Yeah. Right. I don't. I, I don't. Oh my I don't. god! Are you fucking kidding me? What? what? Is there a third one? No. Oh. Uh, but it says that the <laughs> game soundtrack consists of white power rock music. The game's art assists, and sound effects feature racial stereotypes. When shot, black enemies make monkey noises, and Jewish enemies are dressed in uh, as. Uh, Herodim rabbis and shout oy vey Mexican characters shout I need to take a siesta now in addition black enemies are drawn to resemble apes and some wear t-shirts with the letters N-I-G-Z while Mexican enemies wear sombreros well how are you going to be able to tell which brown is which Damn it, I hate, I, I fucking hate people. <laughs> I mean, and, but and then, superior race, right? Right. <laughs> oh, the clan's so stupid. I just like, I love laughing at how dumb they are. And they think they're the superior, more intelligent ones when they're literally just a joke of themselves. Ah. Uh. So, so fuck, fuck this game. Fuck yeah. Fuck the people who made it. Fuck the people who bought it, played it, supported it. Fuck them all. So in January of twenty two thousand and three, <clears throat> Stuff Magazine named. I thought Ethnic... you said Stud Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's probably not far off from it, but Stuff Magazine. Named Ethnic Cleansing as the 40th most controversial video game of all time. 
I for, just fortieth. Really, yeah, I really want to see. Uh, what? 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 What other game could be on there? Like, yeah, that might be the next list. Is there a video game where you kill the fucking pope? I mean, like, what? A, I mean, is that the most controversial thing for you? I mean, I mean, where you kill like God or Jesus? I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, the first thing that came to my head. I mean. <laughs> What about a video game where you kill white people? Is that the most controversial one? I mean... Is there like a, a reverse ethnic cleansing just called whitewashing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there should be. Wow. I mean, he's just like... The clan like puts in so much energy to like try to show the bad of quote-unquote non-whites when in turn they're literally showing how bad they are and it's making white people look bad i, I just don't understand how you can like what's the what, what's your purpose what's your plan like hey okay we, we 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 hate everybody right yeah we hate everybody that that's not white right okay see you next week like what the fuck i mean you can't create laws that you know Hinder uh, white law. I mean, well, there you go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, oh, uh <laughs> I, I lost train of thought. I was laughing. Uh, no, it's just like, I mean, it's stupid people making stupid games. Is what this list pretty much is. Somebody trying to be like most of the list is like, oh, we're trying to be cutting edge and edgy, and you know, be the next. Rockstar, I guess, because they were so edgy. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, there's a difference between being edgy and just. But they're they're giving in all the way, so they're like just going full blown. What's the worst that can happen? This can, and we're we're cool. We're awesome. It's like it's like the Chads of video game industry, right? <laughs> I think they're worse than Chads. Oh, they're Brad's, Kyle's. <laughs> No, Kyle's don't have enough intelligence to make a game. Oh, okay. they're too busy punching holes in walls. Yeah, yeah, it's listed as a prop of. Oh my god! What? Uh, okay, you know how a few minutes ago you said something about like Jesus in a video game? Are you talking about the fighting game with Jesus in it? It says Jesus Strikes Back Judgment Day. Oh, I don't know about that one. I don't no, know the video yeah, game where like I, all the deities. No, I'm, I'm I'm on the Wikipedia. I was on the Wikipedia page of ethnic cleansing, and it sh- it was it has like a sub uh it has yeah. like a little box at the bottom. Of it. it says propaganda video games, so I clicked on propaganda video games, and it's got one. that says uh, Jesus Strikes Back Judgment Day. Huh. It says Jesus Strikes Back Judgment Day is a single player third person shooter developed by Two Genders Production. Um, released in early 2019, the game garnered controversy for graphic violence targeted against left-leaning people, LGBT people, and other discriminated against the alt-right. So it's a a Republican game. Well, it says here, it says, in the year 2028, the world is ruled by the homosexual billionaire reptilian Satanist uh, George Soros and Mark Kuckerberg. Referencing George Saros and Mark Zuckerberg, respectively, and raided an army of radical 
illegal aliens who spread from city to city, plaguing all that is in their path, looting and raping everything and everyone. In this in this simulation, Jesus Christ, identified in the video game as one of the greatest enemies of the New World Order, returns to Earth to kill the enemies. Was this made by like Ben Shapiro? Uh, it was made by. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it says the player control characters. The, okay, the, the the player control characters based on Jesus Christ, Donald Trump, Adolf Hitler. Uh, Benito Mussolini, uh, Eva Braun, Napoleon Bonaparte, Vladimir Putin, uh, Pepe the Frog, the fucking meme. Seriously, Shrek. Yeah, so, so, like I said, is this not made by Ben Shapiro? I don't. I don't really know. Facts I don't care know. about your feelings. Oh goddamn! <laughs> Let's move on to finish this list. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, let's finish this list. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people triggered off this episode. Hey, well, you know what? I mean, <laughs> we just... <laughs> so the last, uh, last game on the list <sighs> called Rapley? Rapley, yeah. Um, so... It was released in Japan in 2006. This abomination of a video game has players take the role of a male character who stalks and rapes a mother and her two daughters. Numerous countries have banned this game. What a surprise. Uh, as the game offers nothing of value to anybody. I mean... I... And it simply allows the player to follow and eventually sexually assault females in a wide variety of positions. There is absolutely zero reason for this game to exist. There's zero reason for a lot of games to exist. Yeah. My God, this is this is this is the this is the worst. One is of it? the worst. Like I mean, yeah, like it's it's horrible, dude. I mean, it's. It... Dude, so it had two possible endings to it. Yep. Where you raped them all, or where you raped them all? Is it the two endings? Uh, so there's a black ending and a red ending. The black ending has Messiah impregnates either Manoka or Ao and decides to keep the child. A few days later, Messiah is at the subway when he falls onto the train tracks and killed by a moving train. Mm-hmm. The red ending says if the cowgirl position is used with Ao before she breaks, the game will show a cutscene of Ao brandishing a knife and stabbing Messiah many times while hysterically laughing. The screen goes black and Ao's voice is heard. The game then ends with Ao being questioned by the police for Messiah's murder. So you die regard like literally who was this like who was this game for? Like so 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 I don't even fucking know. So you created a game in which you stalk and rape a mother and her two daughters. The end result of the game is you either get killed by a train or you get stabbed to death 
by one of the females that you tried. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so I'll just read the synopsis of this real quick. It says in story mode, the player rapes three women in the order of Monica, Monica, uh, Yuko and Ao. After the player finishes raping all three women, they unlock free play mode. 17 year old Ao catches Messiah Kimura groping a woman on a subway train, leading to his arrest by the authorities. The next morning, Ao and her 12 year old sister, Monica, uh, help their mother, Yuko, find a wallet she lost around their house while talking about Ao's incident the previous day. Unknown to them, Kimura is secretly eavesdropping on their conversation while waiting outside their house. It is revealed here that his father, a well-known influential politician, managed to release him from custody. When Kimura discovers that Yuko is widowed, he decides to exact revenge, starting with Monica. After following Monica to the subway station, he gropes her on a train, leaving the train at the next stop. He then traps Monica in a public bathroom, rapes her, and takes photos of her naked, semen-covered body with his mobile phone. Messiah instructs Monica to feign sickness and stay in her room the very next day. The following day, Messiah follows Yuko from her home to the subway before following her on the train. He then follows her to the city park. As instructed by Messiah, Monica calls Yuko on her mobile phone, telling her that she is in the bushes at the park. When Yuko walks towards the bushes, Messiah ambushes her, ties her up, and rapes her again in the park. He takes photos as he did with Monica previously before handing over to his gang of henchmen who detain her for him. And then on the third day, Messiah follows Ao to the subway, shows her a picture of her tied-up mother. Shocked, she can only follow his orders as he gropes her on the train. After getting off the train, she asks Messiah the reason for his actions, at which point she recognizes him as the same man she reported for molesting a woman earlier. Getting in a vehicle, Messiah and his henchmen take Ao to a hotel owned by his family. He then violently rapes her in a mini-suite room and again photographs her after withdrawing. After Messiah has had his way with Ao, Yuko and Monaka uh, are taken into the room via a secret door. While all three are captured, Messiah reveals his plans to make them his sex slaves. Yuko tries to cover for her daughters and pleads with him to take her instead. He considers this and tells Yuko he might spare her daughters if she can prove her worth. Yuko then gives him fellatio while her daughters watch. When Messiah seems pleased at her performance, Yuko thinks she has won her daughter's freedom. However, he reveals that he will never change his mind and that they are all here to stay. Yuko breaks down in the end and Monica breaks next and finally Ao as well. The main story ends with an ominous title card stating that as a new day starts, the Kira family horror has just begun. That's fucked up altogether. Like That is... Who, who thinks of making video games about shit like this? Japan. Well, yeah. It's a Japanese game. 
it's just it's just it's a fucked up it's 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 so fucked up this is like the video game equivalent of the movie a serbian film i'm not even going to tell you just look it up i've already seen it yeah it's fucked up ain't it uh, that's not as bad as irreplaceable it's not as bad as what now irreplaceable 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 or irresistible i think it's irresistible actually it's a brazilian film Irresistible. Is it a 2020 film? No. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah. Yeah, please. So, um, critics of violent imagery in video games have cited uh, games involving rape as a primary primary example of why video game content needs to be more strictly reg- regulated. Uh, Rape Lay, in particular, was criticized in 2009, three years after its initial release, as it was sold on Amazon.com. Despite not being officially distributed nor supported outside of Japan, Amazon subsequently removed the game from sale on its website. Equality now urged activists to write to inclusion and then Japanese Prime Minister Taro also uh, in protest, arguing the game breaches Japan's obligation under the Convention of the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women Act. In May of 2009, these actions culminated in the restriction of the sale and production of rape lay by the Ethics, or- Ethics Organization of Computer Software, an independent Japanese rating organization for adult games, making it impossible to purchase the game now even in japan uh, hmm. the distribution of rape lay has been banned in australia due to a campaign run by women's forum australia under the directorship of melinda tankard reist <clears throat> rape lay is also the only video game to be effectively banned in argentina citing rape lay as an example u.s supreme court justice samuel alito in his concurring opinion, uh, Vice of Vice, the case uh, Brown v. Entertainment Merchants Association wrote, it appears that there's no antisocial theme to base for some in the video game industry to exploit. Articles in defense have also been written, many arguing that rape is widely considered a lesser crime than murder. Yet there are thousands of legal video games in which the goal is to kill enemies. Inclusion's response to the controversy was one of faux bewilderment and reiteration that the game passed Japanese laws and was not sold outside of Japan. Illusion later removed references to the game from their website and ceased distribution of the game, citing concerns over the impact of the industry. As an immediate afterthought, several uh, Eric publishers and studios began to ban foreigners from their official websites. Companies like Minori, Naval, and Visual Arts banned foreign IPs and chastised foreigners to move to Japan to play their games. In a controversial move, Minora also began to send cease and desist letters to translation groups and vandalized a translation wiki to enforce their ban. 
Some users <clears throat> in the uh, Arab community saw these acts as heavy-handed and xenophobic. Right. So the movie is called Irreversible. Uh, it's a French film. Uh, it came out in 2002 or 2003. Um, but it's really... I mean, it's about nihilism and revenge and stuff like that. And it's very graphic uh, in a lot of ways. Irreversible. Came out in 2002 or 2003. It's a French film. But uh, it features a 10-minute long uh, rape scene. And a dude getting his face brutally beat in uh, with a fire extinguisher. Damn. Um, and the scene opens up. Uh, what is there's a the scene? It's weird. I think it's a re like the timeline's weird. Like it, it's like one of those that jumps in like one way, like the past and the future, back and forth stuff like that. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, but also like it's just very 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 like just extreme like like i said it has a 10 minute like rape scene where the camera just is watching this woman literally get raped in an alleyway or corridor or something like that the fuck man uh and then like a dude literally gets his face beat in with a fire extinguisher and it shows some of it like it really really like bad i mean this like it's still to this day when people watch it, it's still one of those movies that like still gets a lot of shit. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm look I'm looking at it right now. The uh the, I'm on the Wikipedia page of it. I don't know if I want to watch it. <laughs> um, I mean when I watched it, I think I watched it in like 2010 or so. Like, it shook me. Like, it was like, it's like, it, I don't know. Like, I just, oof. I'm right now, I'm watching a fire extinguisher scene right now, and it's, oof. Oh, wow. All right. Oh, gosh, it's so cringy. It's just not, not even cringy. It's like very, very violently graphic. Like a dude's face literally gets beat in with a fire extinguisher. And the thing is, the cameras is at an angle where it literally shows the impact of the fire extinguisher on the face. Ow. And it's not like a fast like scene. It's like a very it's at least two or three minutes of faith bashing wow ah uh, this is a great idea <laughs> talk about the most horrible despicable just infuriating video games ever created uh definitely the 20 most con they I would say out of all 20 video games that we talked about, I think the final 
at least the final five that we discussed, probably some of the most fucked up games we've ever talked about. Um, were there any other on the list that you were like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. I mean, obviously the last ones we talked, the ones we talked about tonight were definitely fucked up. Um, I, I think the first half of the list from, from two weeks ago was very tame. Course, yes. Uh, uh, compared to this list, the the top 10, which would make sense as to why uh, these are in the top 10. Right, definitely. Oh, shit. Hang up there. But, yeah. Um, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you for tuning into this episode of uh, Most Controversial Video Games. And uh, we'll definitely get some more video game episodes in soon. Um, that being said, though, um, you guys got anything you want to say before we bounce out of here tonight? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Raj? Um, you know, just thank you to Anchor. Uh, thank you, listeners for supporting us uh i mean this is really not happy go lucky episode so <laughs> right it's kind of hard yeah. to like just like oh yeah and then all this positive stuff like directly after like <laughs> yeah i mean you knew we were going to talk about some fucked up content tonight <laughs> oh lord yeah i just yeah. didn't realize it was going to be that fucked up yeah that being said though yeah so uh, shout out to our good buddy Sean Thompson over at Thompson Personal Training, forty dollars a session. Can't beat it. Uh, boxing, cardio, strength and conditioning, yoga. Go check them out at Thompson Personal Training on Facebook. Uh, shout out to our good buddies Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversation Podcast. Our good buddies Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network. Uh, shout out to uh, Ivan Montanez, twitch.tv slash Unleash Demon. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Um, thank you guys for rocking with us. You know this long and. Uh, you know, we appreciate it. We love you guys. We say it every episode, and we really mean it. Thank you guys, and we'll see you guys on the very next episode. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos, and check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.